again, um, just a, a reminder, this, you know, we, we, we fellowship uh, together. We, we come together on Sundays. We, uh, we talk to people, you know, in, in this building all the time. And a lot of times we don't even know some of the stories, maybe what they're going through or um, what, you know, maybe their story of how they came to, came to know the Lord. Uh, so this is a really neat opportunity to get to know people. Um, and like the last time that we did this, we, uh, I, had, I had a few different people come up to me and, and, and say, wow, you know, I've kind of gone through the same thing in my life and I didn't know that. So it's, it's really kind of a neat way Maybe a testimony will speak to you of what you're going through right now. So, um, so it's 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 a really neat opportunity. And uh, again, I want to thank those who are are willing to share. And I'm going to ask Corey Cox. She okay? There she is to come up because she's pulling double duty. She's in the nursery and she's speaking. So if she rushes through this really quick, don't blame her because she's got to get to the nursery. So there is somebody in there watching your kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> and if I rush through it, it's because I get nervous up here. I hate talking up here. But, you know, Corey asked me to give my testimony. And at first, I wanted to say no, because I don't like to be up here. But God has just worked so greatly in our life in so many ways that I can't stay quiet. So um, I tried to think of, you know, I could be up here for days if I, if I talked about all the different ways. And I mean, I decided, should I talk about our adoption? Because God moved mountains in our adoption. And if you don't know that story, ask me, because it is so cool on both Zeke and Elijah, how God had it down planned just so intricately. And um, I just love that. But today I decided to talk more about um, something that happened a little more recent that God had his plans in. And um, we, it, it it was so scary, but yet, as I look back, God had it planned far before it ever even happened. So at the beginning of March, just a couple of days after Zeke turned four, um, he started to run a fever and get a rash. And we took him to the doctor, and they, um, they said it was a virus. And we took him again, and they said it, was, um, it needed to be treated with antibiotics. And we just kept pushing. And for nine days, this baby, this little guy kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And um, so on after nine days, Ryan and I were sitting in the living room, honestly crying and praying because we did not know what to do. And we had talked about taking him the next morning to Denver because we just weren't getting the help we needed around here. And, um, but I was so tired, I didn't think I could drive that night. And so while we were having this conversation and praying, um, Zeke's face started to swell more and his lips started to swell up and his tongue started to swell and we knew that we needed help right then. And so we um, dropped off Elijah here because it was a Wednesday and um, our our life group just prayed for, for Zeke. Well, we got to the ER and they took blood work and they said we needed to life, be life lighted. But there was a storm and we couldn't get to Denver, which when your baby needs help and they can't get you where you need to go, that's terrifying. <laughs> But again, we prayed, and we, I just knew that God has had such a plan for him that God would keep having plans for him. And um, soon they came in and said that we could go to Salt Lake, and they got us to Salt Lake. Um, right, Noah, Noah, <laughs> Zeke and I flew to Salt Lake, and then my parents brought the rest of the family 
um, the next day. But when we got there, they did their workup, and they said um, that he had either, it's called MSIC or Kawasaki's, and that he probably would have died within three hours had we not seen help. So I just thank God for that swelling because it doesn't happen with everyone. And um, we were able to, we were just able to get the help we needed for him. And also we found out that um, that Salt Lake was the leaders in um, the research of this MSIC, which they decided he had later. And that was the perfect place for him to be. So that storm that was caused um, put us in the right spot and um, and get, got him the help he needed. But the other awesome thing is, you know, we have three kids trying to plan for when one's in the hospital, what happens to the others. Well, God had taken care of that months before because we were doing a um, kitchen remodel. And my parents, um, we needed to get ready for it and paint. And my parents were going to Salt Lake to talk um, for the Gideons. And we... Um, we had planned that they would take the kids to Ryan's parents in Evanston during that time. So that exact weekend, Thursday through Sunday, they were already, um, his parents already had plans for the kids. So I just thank God that, that God took care of that detail that would have been hard later. Um, so, so far ahead in advance. Um, Zeke is um, doing really well. It's taken months, but he is finally getting back to normal. And we expect at the next um, appointment in September that he'll be released to be able to do sports and things like that again. And he's getting back to his just wild self. But um, Psalms 59.9, you are my strength and I watch for you, God. You are my fortress. You know, not only was it the best place, it's been awesome after because we've had to go so much to get help. And Ryan's parents live there, so we haven't had to have so hotels, all of those things that would have been so much more difficult in Denver. And I just, I just thank God of how he took care of that for us because it was a storm that they said lasted about an hour, <laughs> and, but it, yet it put us where we needed to be. Um, so Psalms 121, 1 through 2 says, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heaven and the earth. And so I just, I just thank God for everything. And I thank you guys for the meals, the, the prayers, just everything that people provided over those months um, and the help with the kids and all those things because we just, it was beautiful <laughs> how it all worked out. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Corey. Um, yeah, and if you haven't heard their adoption story yet, definitely um, ask them. It's, it's, that's a really cool testimony uh, in and of itself. So um, next, Ray and Shanna here coming up to or just you? Just, just Ray. Okay. Good morning not used to, not accustomed to seeing all of you at once. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was going to be Shanna and I, but just me, the uglier half, sorry. Um, but uh, we just kind of wanted to share a time in our lives when God really kind of began to get our attention and um, things kind of really took a turn in our, in our Christian walk. Um, it's uh, kind of the story of how we kind of started 
the, the beginning of getting into missions work, missional thinking, living, and uh, believing. Um, just kind of a little background on the two of us. Uh, um, I kind of, I grew up in a uh, non-believing home, kind of grew up as a priester. We went to church on Christmas and Easter with my grandma, and I didn't have a clue why. Never understood it. Um, just know it was a time we got dressed up and it was fun to go with grandma. That's about all it amounted to for me. Um, kind of as I grew up, went down, a, went down a rocky road, kind of following the examples of the men that were, that were in my life and uh, ended up in uh, some serious drug and alcohol addictions and ended up getting saved from that life at almost 18 years old um, and uh, got saved uh, you know, kind of for me, for me, that was going to church on Sunday, putting on your Sunday best, um, you know, kind of in the, in the midst of right about that time, my, my dad had passed away as well, right after I got saved and kind of got ousted by my, my dad's family just for, just through some misunderstandings and stuff. Um, my wife grew up in the church, uh, very, very, um, you know, in regular church attendance and, and, um, just, uh, you know, she, she knew, knew a lot about the Lord, but grew up in a dysfunctional family. And, um, so it was kind of the, the church and, and life didn't really connect that well. Um, and then she went on kind of a rebellious road and, um, had some, some, some rough and rocky years and, and uh, then when we were, when we kind of met, she was starting to come back around. We got married in 2008, went to the same church as the rest of the family and just kind of, uh, you know, show up on Sunday, do your Sunday best and, and uh, live life the other six days of the week, uh, you know, and um, we kind in 2010, we went to a Sunday school class uh, that was a study on a book by Kyle Eidelman called Not a Fan. Um, and this is kind of when everything began to take a turn for us. Um, the, the book pivots on the verse in Matthew 16, 24. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And in there the kind of the theme of being not a fan he uh defines not a fan as an enthusiastic admirer and uh this being taken from the kind of the synopsis of the book it says that in the gospels jesus never seemed too interested in fans is that how you define your relationship with him an enthusiastic admirer close enough to Jesus to get the benefits, but not so close to require sacrifice. He was looking for followers, not just any follower, though, but a completely committed follower. We were at that up till that point living our lives in the former part of that statement, close enough to get the benefits, but not so close to require sacrifice. Every Sunday, in that class began to wreck our worldview. We realized that God expects our participation every single day, not just on Sunday morning. This is right living with God. 
making him Lord of our lives, putting him on the throne, looking to him for our strength. We, we began to realize that the work is not just the preachers to do. We all have responsibilities and callings, uh, namely the, the Great Commission. Go therefore into all the nations, preaching and, and um, baptizing. And uh, yeah, I'm brain farting now. So if I wasn't up here, I could tell it just fine, I'm sure. But uh, I don't know, is it nervous in here or is it just me? Must be just me. Um, but uh, that being said, we're all players in the game, not just fans in the stand. That's kind of the, the picture that he's painting here. You've got, like, like a football game, you've got the players that are in the game. They all have responsibilities. They have specific roles to play. And then you've got the fans in the stand who maybe know everything there is to know about the game. They know all the plays. They know the players. They know, um, you know all, all the right things but they're not getting engaged in it. And this, this, this essentially ended up causing us to have right relationship with God. Like I was saying, putting him on the throne of our lives, letting, looking to him for strength and understanding and not standing on our own. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and so, so all of these, it, it really kind of began to shift, shift things for us, take a, Big, a big turn, and we, we started getting involved in the game and, and being excited about it, and, and um, which, which kind of ended up leading us to where we are now, um, 1,200 miles from, well, home here with you guys. So <laughs> um, that's pretty much it for now for that. So thanks. I asked everybody to keep it to 10 minutes. Their testimony is very hard to do in 10 minutes. So if you want to hear the full story, it's, it's really a cool story. The, as one of the elders, um, when they gave their testimonies to us, um, we had to shut Ray down at almost 45 minutes, I think, because he was, he was going. So it's, it's a really neat story. If you ever want to hear it, um, pull them off to the side. and just I'm sure they'd love to share the entire thing because it's, it's really neat. Um, next... Uh, Let's go, Carol Damon. You want to come up? All right, I've been up here before. Can you guys hear me? Oh, thank you, God. I, many times people can't hear me, and I just think um, I am going to uh, share with you how God miraculously brought things into our life in a way that it was um, amazing. I was um, born into a, it would help. I'm going to read this, by the way, because you know what? If I didn't, we'd be here for an hour because you're giving me an opportunity to talk about my kids. <laughs> and talking about my kids, I can go on. So I'm going to read this. That I was born and raised in a Christian home. There were four of us kids. There was two boys and two girls. My youngest brother, Lorne, was born with a threatening birth defect. He was both physically and mentally handicapped. The only way that he was going to survive is if he was placed in a hospital slash an institution. My parents put him in Grafton State Hospital in the northern part of North Dakota. We saw him once a year because of the distance between northern North Dakota and the Twin Cities was pretty great. For years, I watched how hard this was for my parents. They had a son that they loved, 
but they hardly knew him. My parents rarely talked about how hard it was, but every Christmas, my, my dad always prayed for Lauren, and my dad never cried, but he cried every Christmas. I grew up and got married, and I remember having a conversation with God. I asked God that please do not give me a child that would have the problems that my brother did. I told God I knew that I would not be able to handle it like my parents did. So I was pretty sure that God and I had an absolute solid agreement. I read about the problems facing many children in South Korea. I had always had in my heart the desire to adopt. I um, called Lutheran Social Service and I found out that they would not allow us to adopt a child since we could have our own biological children. That um, I do believe though that God placed that desire just so strong in my heart. We put the adoption on the back burner a few years went by, and we were blessed with two healthy boys. Shortly after I got home from the hospital, um, after our youngest son was born, I called Lutheran Social Service. We made an appointment. We started the process. And in three years, we were um, at the airport meeting our six-month-old baby daughter. We named her Sarah Beth. This is a side note. My oldest son, at age five, was very quick to share with anybody who would listen to him that he knew where babies came from. He said that baby boys came from mommy's tummies and baby girls came from airplanes. <laughs> Sarah was not in very good shape. She had not been, um, she was not used to being touched. She had scabies. She was very, very thin. Our pediatrician wanted to put her in the hospital immediately. I knew that that would not be what was best for Sarah. We attributed many, many of Sarah's delays in her life with the fact that she just had such an absolutely harsh beginning that when, some, <clears throat> when something started to come to the surface, the delays in her life, I reminded God about our agreement. Then that day we saw a specialist and he said the words out loud, your daughter is retarded and you may want to think about putting her in an institution. There are no words to express what I felt. I felt like God had forgotten that we had an agreement that, that I couldn't handle this. But our pastor came over when we got home from that, that appointment. And he kindly said, I will not try to answer the whys. But this I know. God gave you, Sarah, because this is where God wanted her to be. For Sarah's sake and for your sake. He was so correct. If you ask her brothers and sisters, sister, they will tell you that she has taught them more than that you can imagine. And ask her mother, and she will shout from the rooftops that she is not only my teacher, she is a gift, a gift that reminds me that God brought a miracle into our lives. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to pr prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Sarah was God's plan for our lives. She was an amazing gift. And just a side note, speaking about God's plans, God's amazing plan for the last chapter of my brother's life. In the 1980s, many institutions um, moved many of the people out of their institution and into smaller facilities and even group homes. And one day I got a phone call at home from the woman that was in charge of my brother's group home. 
I'm not even sure how she got my telephone number. She asked me why um, we had not moved my brother to Cody to be by my parents and family. We didn't even know that that was an option. My parents had to surrender their parental rights when Lauren was placed in the, um, in the hospital, the state hospital. I called my parents. We began the process and God's amazing plan happened. My brother spent the last years of his life in Cody, and my parents were involved in his life on a daily basis. The, the gift of being his parents were given to them. That was something that they never thought would be possible. Remember, Jeremiah 29, God's plans are always for the good. We can trust him unconditionally, even when it seems very hard and maybe sometimes even impossible. Thanks, Carol. Um, Carol's in our life group, and she shared that with us one time. So I specifically asked her to to share that testimony. It's a that's a neat story. And if you've never got a chance to talk to Carol, talk to her. She has an awesome sense of humor, um, and so does Sarah. That's their their two peas in a pod. They're they're it's it's pretty fun to be around them both. So um, last but certainly not least, we're gonna go, go to another Carol, Carol Speck. If you want to come up, please. When Corey called um, and said, would I share something of my experience in the last couple of years, I had, I had to stop and think, um, what was probably the most difficult thing that I have encountered on my journey with cancer? And, um, and it was my search for peace. And so I wanted to share a little bit about searching for peace in a hard situation. And I look around this room, and I know so many of you have been in situations that are the same. There may not be cancer, but it's something else. And I see my friends out there who have been in the same place where you get this information that comes in this crisis, and you fear for what's next. Um, what's going to happen tomorrow? How am I going to do this? You panic. Why me? That's a great one. <laughs> and I would say, I did, I mean, I've always worked out. I, you know, I ate well. I, you know, I did these things I'm supposed to do. Why me, Lord? Pity, yes. Anxiousness. These are things that we get when we go through these crises. And there is an emotional noise that comes in our life. Not only sound noise, but emotional noise where our emotions are just going and going. And it seems like we can't find peace. You go to bed at night and it goes. And I experienced that for about three weeks. And I said, Lord, I can't do this. I need peace. And you go, so I went to the roadmap, the Bible, and I found a scripture in John. It's, it's uh, the words of Jesus. And he said, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. 
And I realized I needed, how do I do this? I needed to turn off the noise. How do I gain peace so when I lay down at night, I'm at rest? And how do you do that? I need to hear the Holy Spirit. And we live in a society and in a life where not, there is noise everywhere. And we are going everywhere. When the younger we are, um, I looked at the pile this weekend, and I thought, oh, young people. They moved to one family. They moved to another family in the house. They painted beds, and they had a garage sale. And I thought, I remember doing that as a young person. You go to bed, and you wake up in the morning, and you go again. But in our lives, and I thought, how do I stop that? And um, I found in Paul... Paul's exhortation in Philippians. I'm sorry, I'm reading a lot. I'm reading three scriptures, so hang in here with me. And there are four key words that help me find peace. One was rejoice. The second one was thanksgiving. Third, the third one was heart. And the fourth one was mind. So listen to this as a teacher. That's just what I'm coming at. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. And Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on those things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So I said, okay, I need to rejoice. I need to have thanksgiving. This is what I need to do. So I need to practice it. So the easy part was Thanksgiving. I look around this room, and I see all the people who came beside me and supported me. I think of Dawn the day she came and got me because I was so weak, and I needed to get prescription. I needed to go to the grocery store, and she took me. It was like a, it was a lovely time. And um, Andy and Eileen, who hauled my mulch, and Eileen and Pat and Regina took me for PET scans and MRIs in Casper and all the women and friends who took me every day for radiation and chemo. I mean, I was blessed. I knew I was blessed. But even until you can find Thanksgiving and peace, you know you're blessed, but you still are in turmoil. And um, I thought, how, how blessed I am. But the hard part is, how do you become, how do you rejoice and have thanksgiving for cancer or whatever crisis you're in? We all know that the Bible tells us all things work together for good to those who love him. That sounds great. It comes right out of our mouths. But how do we actually put it in practice? How do we get past it? And um, so my first, um, one of the first things, and I had wonderful care here at Rocky Mountain. And one of the first experiences was to go and have my first radiation. And if you've ever had radiation, you are in this big room with two feet thick walls. And you're in, they put you inside this massive machine that has this round 
dome over you, and my friends have been there, no. And they put you in, and they push you back in the machine, and they leave the room, and you're all there by yourself. And the machine starts on one side and goes to the other, and to this day, I can still hear the sound. The sound is da, 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 and it moved, da, 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 da. I can hear it in my sleep. And I thought, the, the, my first time I said, okay, how do I be thankful? How do I be thankful? And I, um, her name is Miss Daisy. All of the machines have names, like Miss Daisy. Ours and Lander is Miss Daisy. And so I, I, I prayed the whole time, the first time. And I thought, okay, Lord, you're here. You're protecting me. And then a few days later, I got a text from Miriam, and you go every day. And the text was a simple little verse from Exodus. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. And so from then on, I could lay in the machine, and I could pray and thank the Lord for his presence. And I knew I only had to be still. And I learned to thank the Lord for the people who made the machine, for the engineers, for the doctors and the nurses and the people who care for you. And it changed the fear away to peace and for gratefulness. And that's a way, and by the time I had my first chemo, I had 33 radiations and 12 chemos. By the time I had my first chemo, I was already learning to be at rest. And I sat in the chair for the first time, and before they put in the chemo, which is basically poison. <laughs> and for me, because of the form of cancer I had, I had to have double chemo. And I was in the chair for like six hours. And um, I learned to sit and thank God for all the people, the doctors and the scientists. And, and I just learned the, how grateful. And it wasn't long before every day I sat in the chair. It was a place of peace. And I know that may sound very strange, but it, it was. Um, the hardest part was something called a Nulasa shot that you get that goes in and fights for your red blood cells. You get 24 hours, of, and it is the most painful part. And um, the first time it happened, I, I was kind of frightened. I actually called um, one of my doctors and said, what's going on here? And he explained, and after that I learned to do the same thing. Be so grateful because all of those people, generations before me, my husband Joe also, died because chemo killed them before the cancer killed them. And the shot prevented that. So I had nothing but to, to know God's gratefulness and kindness and the gifts that we have. And that was, one of the, that was how um, I came through it. And um, what I found was very interesting. I was talking to Shannon, and I said to Shannon, the, the unusual thing is that it not only changes your perception of the journey you're going through, but it goes in and it touches the rest of your life. I found, um, I realized, I love audio books. I love murder mysteries. And I would listen to them while I gardened, and I would walk, and I would... Um, you know, do things around the house. I loved them. And I would have them, and I have them in my Bluetooth hearing aid, so you get in the car and the story comes right on, and you hear it all the time. And what I found out was 
I wasn't turning them on anymore. I was walking Harry down to the park and back, and I was doing things. And I realized without even thinking that I needed to, I was automatically shutting down the noise so the Holy Spirit could talk. And I was learning to, um, I would record all my TV programs so I didn't have to hear commercials. And I suppose I'm like a lot of other Wyoming people the last two months. If I am exposed to one more political commercial, I am going to scream. So I just recorded everything and shut it off. I don't know, really know why they needed to spend millions and millions of dollars on the 450,000 of us who live here in this little state, but they did. And so I learned to get those things that are not pure and good and worthy and um, does not lift me up out of my life. So I spend a lot more time when I want to, the zoo channel, <laughs> things like that, that leave you at rest. And in conclusion, I would like to read uh, Paul's words from Colossians, and that is, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and to be thankful. Let the passage, the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another, which is what our elders have been doing. Um, with the wisdom of the Psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, singing to God with a gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we would like you to stand and join us in singing one of my favorite hymns that I sang on a lot going through this, and that's Wonderful Peace. Okay. Okay. And I want you, this is not a solo, this is a song for us all to sing, please. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Far away in the depths of my spirit tonight rose a melody sweeter than song. In celestial-like strains it unceasingly falls o'er my soul like an infinite calm. Peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever I pray in fathomless billows of love. <clears throat> what a treasure I have in this wonderful peace, buried deep in the heart of my soul. So secure that no power can mine it away, while the years of eternity roll. Peace, peace, wonderful peace, 
Coming down from the Father above Sweep over my spirit forever I pray In fathomless billows of love My favorite verse I am resting tonight in this wonderful peace Resting sweetly in Jesus' control For I'm kept from all danger by night and by day And His glory is flooding my soul Peace, peace, wonderful peace Coming down from the Father above Sweep over my spirit Forever I pray In fathomless billows of love One more time on the chorus Peace, peace, wonderful peace Coming down from our Father above Sweep over my spirit Forever I pray In fathomless billows of love <laughs> Thanks, Carol. Um, I guess in closing, I want to again thank, thank the people who, who gave their testimonies. Uh, hopefully, maybe something you heard today here um, can help you. Uh, but um, it's just, it's neat to hear God, not only how he works in lives, how he's working in lives. Um, and, and so if you're going through something right now, uh, be patient and pray. Talk to God. Uh, open your heart to Him and just watch Him work because um, I think all of us have a testimony of some kind where God has worked in our lives. And it's, it's amazing to hear other people's testimonies and it's always um, something we can look back on. And then uh, God is going to continue to work on our lives. So uh, just be in prayer for not only the people that spoke today, but uh, also for... for uh, just the people in this room, because everybody here can use prayer. So let's go ahead and go ahead and pray to close. Father, we thank you for the just the wonderful uh, stories we heard here today, Lord. We thank you for our brothers and sisters' willingness to come up and, and speak and, and just uh, speak about you, Lord, how, how you work, how you're alive in our lives, how you are uh, uh, moving every day, Lord. Lord, we pray for, uh, again, for those who are we're going through hard times right now. We just pray for peace, Lord. We pray for comfort. We pray that they would be uh, just held right now, Lord, as, as um, they go through whatever that might be. Lord, we again thank you for this time. We, uh, we lift these requests to you. In your name we pray. Amen.